You are listening to an American Theater podcast. American Theater is a publication of Theater Communications Group. www.americantheater.org. Which song was it? I don't want to be a hero. I'm just Michael in the bathroom. Why do you Michael pick the sad song? Bathroom <laughs> at a party. <laughs> I'm Deep Tran. I'm Jose Solis. We both write for American Theater Magazine, and we are your token theater friends. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are we feeling this week, Jose? Humid. And Humid. Hot and sweaty and wet. We are in the depths of summer here in New York City, and yes. if and I'm sure summer in New York City is kind of like summer in the Midwest or in the South, in that it gets very warm and um, moist. It's too much. It's too much moisture. Way too much moisture. And we will talk about that later on in this episode because <laughs> we got rained on while, oh. on while at the theater. You know, because I guess that's just like an institute, a thing that happens in the summer. If you're seeing Shakespeare outside, you will get rained on. But what are we talking about today, Jose? So today we're going to be talking about three shows. We are going to start with Shakespeare in the Park's Twelfth Night co-written by the bard and Shayna Tubb. Who did not come back from the dead, but he might as well ha- should have been, right? He could have. Well, we don't know if she like did like some sense <laughs> or something. Maybe she played like the Ouija board or whatever. Anyway, then we're going to talk about Eliza Bent, the Beyonce, and we are finishing with Young Yin Lee's Straight White Men. And later on this episode, we will be talking to the creators and stars of Be More Chill, the viral hit musical that is popular with teenagers from all over America. Apparently, it's the third most popular musical on Tumblr behind Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And we talked to Joe Iconis, who co-wrote the musical with Joe Trask. And we also talked to the stars of the show, Will Rowland and Jason Tam. So check in later for those interviews. But first up, Twelfth Night the Musical, Jazz. How many versions of Twelfth Night have you seen in like the past two years? Uh, this well, is not, like as my, much, not as many as King Lear. This is like my fourth. That. I mean, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's like a fun romp in the park. Oh, we we have to like give literally. Yeah, <laughs> and well, we, well, we have to like give some background. So for this version of Twelfth Night, which is playing until when, Jose? It's playing until August nineteenth. Yeah, and tickets are free, and you know you get them out anywhere anywhere around the city, or if you pay the public, if you donate five hundred dollars to the public, you get a reserved seat. FYI, people. Um, they did it in the uh, what is the public works model, which is they invite community members on stage to act alongside you know professional actors, and yeah, it and it's like a fun romp every summer. You know, like people people whose kids are on the show, they come and they cheer, hmm. and everyone's just so happy and so proud to be there. And I and I love the infectious joy of it so much so that kind of makes up for the fact that sometimes the acting can rate can range and you know they the acting can vary are you in accusing, quality. Are you accusing the children of not knowing how to act? No, I'm accusing everyone <laughs> the children and the professionals of not knowing how to act. Well this was my first public works show, so I thought it was the acting was good. Yeah, it's like, but it's Shakespeare, so sometimes like you can tell when it doesn't sound quite natural coming out of someone's mouth. And for people who are less experienced, it's a little bit more, you know, overt. But even for people who are experienced, Shakespeare's hard, and they don't have a lot of time to do it. And the so I, that's why I may mean when the, the quality varies. But I actually, but I actually think that's what the music brings to it, which is this um like it brings like a contemporary you know relevance to something that may be seen as dodgy and 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 it allows for you know big musical numbers which is the only reason why you would have like big groups of groups of people on stage together 
It's interesting that you say contemporary because the music is like so not contemporary. I think it's contemporary. It's like contemporary soft pop rock. It, it was all very like singer-songwriter ish. Like, yeah, but I mean that's very like timeless. Doesn't make sense, but that's that's kind of like I I think that's what I was like. I didn't know what the music was adding because it was very like it was good music. She's Shana Taub is like a fantastic composer, mm-hmm. and she's also in the show as yeah. one of the clown characters. But it was very like Elton Johnish, more than like modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like kind of like it had like a funky, jazzy vibe to it. Right. Well, it's set in New Orleans. Yeah, that doesn't make me think like modern. Precise to be precise. No, not like modern, like you know. Billboard 500 top hits, but modern like it. Oh yeah, it's sound. not like dubstep 12th night. Exactly, <laughs> which <laughs> would be, be unbearable. Fun, right? <laughs> or it would be amazing, depending on who wrote it. <laughs> Skrillex 12th night. <laughs> Skrillex 12th night. I am going to pass. No, there were songs that I enjoyed. Like there was, there were a few that there's there was one in particular that made me think about a Pointer Sisters song, and I mm-hmm. felt that through the each song she was kind of like paying homage to all these people that I feel she grew up listening to. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was it was cute. It was like cute. Yeah, it's cute, and I actually think it's more catchy than you than you gave it credit for. Because I, I know since seeing it in 2016, like that opening song, you know, if music be the fruit of love, play on. I that that's been stuck in my head for the past couple of years. Can you hum it? I don't. Yeah. Cause I don't remember that. If music be the fruit of love, play on. No, no, no. Mm-mm. And I saw, and we saw it last night. Yeah, I saw it last night. Maybe you're just not a big fan of like that kind of adult contemporary genre. Well, I don't know. I love musicals. It's I don't know. There was there was yeah, there was something I thought it was cute, but I didn't think it was too memorable. Okay. Right. Right. But but I mean it's a free show. It has good acting, it has costumes, and it's a fun night out at the park. So I'm not yeah, I wouldn't say that it's like not good either. Mhm. Mhm. And and I think like I I'm, I'm always amazed at when I see public works how they managed to wrangle so many people. There's like... Thousands. Yeah. It's probably like 50, but it feels like thousands <laughs> on stage. Yeah, and it, it does make me happy to see, you know, people, non-professionals, getting to do something fun. Because there's so much shit going on in the world right now that just mm-hmm. seeing people be happy and fulfill one of their dreams is always kind of super yeah. exciting. And singing about how we should stand in, stand in each other's shoes and... I also think that's another thing that um, Shayna, the composer, brings to, like, in, ter- in terms of contemporary relevance, like, she brings it into the um, the existing material because there's, like, a queerness there. It's so and, queer. Huh? It's, it's so, so queer. queer. Yeah. And and how Viola sings about how she feels more like herself when she puts on the suit than when she than when she was presenting as a woman. I'm like, ooh, that sounds familiar to a lot of lived experience of gender nonconforming people. Mm-hmm. And she- in the end, like she doesn't change back into a dress; like she just stays in a suit and yeah, you know, and and proposes to the and proposes to the guy, and it's like a lovely non heteronormative presentation at the end. Yeah, Shakespeare really loved his stories about people in disguises finding out who they were. I, yeah, I did. I did like that. Shana brought up, brought out the uh, how queer this was, and it made me kind of excited to see what she does with the Devil Wears Prada. Oh yeah, which she's co-writing with Elton John, which I guess is since you think she's inspired by Elton John, it, yeah, it's not going to be it too makes much of a discrepancy sense, there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious because I'm not a huge Elton John fan because I find mm-hmm. him very re- repetitive and just not for me really. So I'm cu- but I'm curious to see what they're going to come up with together because they're all like very like ding 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 piano mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yes, yes, like almost like Lady Gaga too, who also sang Elton John, like just like this glam rock piano kind of feel. Yeah, who's also not my favorite. Uh, I'm learning so much about you. Wait, you don't like Elton John or Lady Gaga? Well, I don't dislike them, but I'm not a fan of either. You know, I don't like. I mean, you know, I'm not a Elton John person. I don't know that. Yes. Yes. How, how would I know that? I'm also, because I'm always talking about it when I hear one of his songs. I'm like, oh, God, Elton John. <laughs> and 
I'm also not a queen person. Freddie Mercury. Yes, yeah. yes, I, okay. yes, I, I yeah. know who Queen is. So, yeah, okay. so you're not into the glam rock, is what you're saying? No, because I love David Bowie. So, so like, what? Why do you not like those his contemporaries? I don't do you like know. Prince? But Prince is newer, and Princess no, Prince. Prince, Prince and David Bowie are like of the same time, mm. and so is Elton John. <laughs> Prince, Prince is like he, slightly, funkier. yeah, and he's like, slight, I think of him more about. I think of him more as an 80s artist. And Prince is Prince, though. Like, he was, he's not a glam rock person. He's doing his own thing. He invented his own genre. Well, that was a fun diversion. Sorry, 12th night. <laughs> Sorry, 12th night. Well, I had a lovely time, and I look forward to hearing the cast album. Yeah. Which is, going, which is coming out soon. Woo! Woo! Okay, next show. So, next up, we... Went to, do you say it? Do you call it art or ART? Art. So we went to art. See another Lady Gaga reference. Art pop. Art <laughs> pop. <laughs> oh, that's what it was called. That's right. To see Eliza Bent, the Beyonce. Uh oh. So, the, the, I mean, the plot of it, it it's based on Shekhov. So the, the plot of it. It's very Chekhov, I feel. It's basically, you know, like we meet this girl, Nadia, who's about to be a single lady no more. And rather than being crazy in love, she's she just really wants to be like, boy, bye. Right? She wants to upgrade you, her boyfriend. Yeah, and like everyone's <laughs> trying to run this poor girl's world. And, you know, her mom's being like the ultimate d- d- diva. Her friend Sasha, who's so not fierce, <laughs> is always giving her crap about her class. And he's a definition of a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> and her fiancé, who she calls the Beyonce because he's really boring and she wants to make him sound fabulous, mm-hmm. it's always like, he always tends to disappear, right? Like, And I'm like, girl, you're not irreplaceable. And I, I felt like her grandma was the only person who kept reminding uh, Nadia to be a naughty girl. And, you know, like, but in the end, it's, like, in the best, like, Chekhov tradition, like, she, Nadia soon figures out that in order to have sweet dreams rather than beautiful nightmares, she just needs to put her self-love on top. Bam! Mic drop. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and for those of you who cannot see Jose right now. He's also currently wearing a shirt that says, I ain't sorry with a Beyonce pin on top of it. who am I so, seeing tonight? Yes! So anyway. Anyway, this show, I have to say, as someone who's not a fan of Chekhov and is a big fan of Beyonce, I expected less Chekhov, more Beyonce. But I feel like Beyonce is just, just like a trapping to get me into the show and I felt a little bit, you know... I, I, I felt a bit fooled. Uh-oh. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree on that. I mean, the most Beyonce I think we got was like in like the songs in between. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. play this like... like Instrumental, yeah. mu- like wedding yeah, music like music version. Yeah, like <laughs> elevator <laughs> versions of Beyonce songs. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I have to say that they are doing something very smart. By attracting mm-hmm. people who love Beyonce, or just like, let's just say, like young people who don't want to yeah. go see another Chekhov adaptation to go see the show. But yeah, I, I, I feel, I also felt cheated. Should we eliminate the show? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go onto the set and like smash it with a baseball bat. That's not going to happen. And you know, by the way, the set is. I have to shout out the set designer, Sam Translow, because it is a lovely little shabby chic. Didn't like country cottage of a set. It's like I adore it. I would live there. Right, because you know it, the everyone was really good. The actors, everyone in the show is mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. But I, I did always feel, and I never got over the disconnect. Because you know, Chekhov is all about the existentialism and these people who have no idea what to do. Yes. Well, Beyonce is the opposite of that. Exactly. Like, can you think of anyone who's less? Uncertain, yeah, yeah. like anyone, yeah, yeah, or like anyone who's you know Beyonce. If you think about Beyonce, like she should be in the dictionary next to the word confident. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in the show is 
so not Beyonce. They are not Sasha Fierce. No. I mean, I, I think, and it's an it's an adaptation of a Chekhov's short story called The Fiance, which I think was like it's very. Um, I think it was very modern for its time, which is about a young woman who decides to call for an engagement and pursue her own dreams. And I think that's like something that's definitely, you know, prime to be adapted. I didn't know very much about the fiance before I saw it. But at the same time, I was just wondering, like, what was the point of adapting it into modern times? Because in terms of young women, like having the courage to pursue, to say no to marriage and to pursue their own careers and things like that. I feel like that's a very passe... It, 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 it felt very old-fashioned to me. Yes. And, like, even just, like, making the best friend, Sasha, who's the typical check of, like, annoying hipster, like, asshole artist. Who, and he's also gay. Yeah. But, yeah, question. I was like, but why? Did that really add anything to, mm-hmm. to the drama? Like, I feel it was just, like, the characters were just given... Like affectations exactly. rather than being real people. Yeah. Because I didn't really feel that Nadia. I, I, I mean, I understood, I understood her conundrum, but I really didn't feel the struggle. Mm hmm. Because I didn't really care enough about any of them to begin with for when she left. I'm like, all right, that sucks, I guess. I don't know. I was like, I hope she never comes back and exactly. she's happy. But I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. See what's next in the yeah. world or whatever. So the Beyonce runs through August 18th, and tickets are go from twenty five to thirty dollars, so it's pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. And Luddy design acting though, I mean, it looks very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, kudos to everyone and the director Stephen Kaleski for wrangling all those people on stage. Good job. Bravo. Last show. Young Jean Lee's straight white men. I have to say that my thing about this episode is that I don't feel particular, particularly passionate in any way about any of the shows we saw this week. Like, at all. Like, I mean, I can't, I don't even know how to describe straight white men, so I think you should do it. Okay. Uh, straight white men is basically a portrait of... Straight white men. Straight white men. <laughs> straight white men. It, that's what it's about. Well, and it's about, you know, a family at Christmas. You know, three sons come back to celebrate Christmas with their aging father. And drama happens in the great tradition of American playwriting. And what Young Jean Lee does is she deconstructs it. It, the the show begins and you, and there are two two gender nonconforming people, including one person of color, who says we are not straight white men and we are putting on the show to understand where straight white men come from. And so you, as the audience, w- like already approach this as a remove. Mm-hmm. It's almost so it becomes like not so much like an emotional engaging experience; it's more like an anthropological exercise of straight white men. Isms, because the central conceit of the play is like one of the brothers, played wonderfully by Paul Schneider, is he just wants to be mediocre. He just wants to be a mediocre white man and not strive for anything and just be a home caregiver for his dad. And his two brothers are not having it. Yeah, because they think they're woke, so they're yeah. over, they're like assuming, oh, he wants to be a better white person. He wants to save the world, and he's just, by not taking up space. Yeah, he's like avoiding like leaving a huge carbon footprint behind, and he's just like avoiding waste. You know, did you see this show when it originally yeah, ran? Yeah, I did. Bro- yeah, yeah. Are the are the gender nonconforming? Is that the the framing device? Is that new? Uh. N- and it was in it was at the public in 2014 when the show premiered, but it was very it was um, it wasn't as overt. They didn't okay. come out with a pre-show speech. Oh, okay, okay. So because I heard that we was all, new. Yeah, because we we're always supposed to see it as a remove. Right, and I guess my biggest like not even it's not even an issue, but my biggest like eh, thing about this show is like we know these things we see the way straight white men are like we often are the target of their oppression and their 
you know, there's straight white maleness. So the show, even though I respect it, gave me nothing. It's a show for white straight people. Uh, and I, I want to push back just a little bit, but I think it's just because like, you and I come from different life circumstances. Because for me, as as someone who is a person of color, and so whenever I and so for me being selfish and you know striving unapologetically is seen as a radical act. And what I noticed in the play was that we all we're always talking about like straight white men. You know, you, you should take up less space. You should make more space for other people. You should step back, that kind of thing. And then to see a, one character actually do that and struggle with that, with the repercussions of that was really quite, I wouldn't say like heartbreaking because, you know, mm. in terms of like big problems in the world, it's not a big deal. But <laughs> it kind of made me realize that, you know, what we're asking of people as people of color isn't easy. And it, and it takes a lot to not be a selfish straight white man but are we asking that of them i mean historically these people who look like the people that we saw on stage have killer people are we really yes. asking them to do anything i mean yeah. i don't know i mean that, that's what allyship we're asking them to be allies we're asking them to stop interrupting us all the time when we talk but they don't even let us speak most of the time so are we really asking them they're just i don't know it's like I don't know. I, I wish more straight white people would see the show. Well, they are seeing the show. Well, I'm glad about that. But as a person of color, I don't. I didn't get anything from the show other than oh, it's good. The acting, the acting's really good. Yeah, Army Hammer's in it. He looks very. He's very good looking. He dances. He's very tall. He's very uh, tall. Paul Schneider, I think, is an American treasure. He's one of my favorite actors in every medium he's in. Like, I loved him in Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. He, his performance in Jane Campion's Bright Star is like one of my favorite of the last uh, decade. And, but yeah, but you know, I left the theater and I was also again like, okay. So what am I going to go get for dinner? Uh, well, I, that was kind of, it's kind of like how I felt, not exactly like that, but it's kind of like how I felt after watching Fairview, which is like, I didn't feel like that experience was quite for me. You know, it was more like implicating white people in their own hypocrisy. And I think for you, straight white men did that. Mm, no, like I just... the audience for this particular experience. Me, um, no, I think, I think it's, it's a different like feeling because I didn't feel strongly about this show like you felt strongly about Fairview and you're not liking it mm-hmm. but I well, just I liked it I just had qualms right. with it no yeah. I was just indifferent to straight indifferent. white men yeah. yeah yeah it's like beige yeah it's just beige yeah like the set from Fairview <laughs> yeah <laughs> well but oh and um, one, one, tiny, one tiny thing I don't know if you noticed but at the um, beginning of the show like the two gender non-conforming individuals, uh, Kate Bornstein and Ty Defoe, they're walking around and interacting with the audience. They're so great. There's- they're so great. Like, I wish the show had been about them. You know, mm-hmm. I was living for their pre-show talk. It was yeah. just so full of life. And it was funny. And it was warm. It was angry. Yeah. Anger is good. And I, I kind of wish, like, they came back to, mm-hmm. like, talk about like what what did we learn from this experience or some or something like that right you know and i kind of felt a little bit troubled by the fact that like it wasn't the white men talking to the audience in terms in terms of you know and walking them through like feeling uncomfortable it was like the the marginalized people trying to make the audience feel more comfortable with this experience like what is that which which is what i'm saying it's yeah. it's our experience like we live those lives already so, yeah, I mean, white people, you need to do better. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's well, it. Or, or, put, or put Fairview on Broadway if you're going to be, you know, if you want to be. Oh, they would burn <laughs> Times Square if that happened. But I, I'm very excited that, you know, an Asian-American female playwright is finally getting mm-hmm. her chance on Broadway. So I really applaud that. I hope next time we see a show that, 
doesn't have to cater to white people necessarily. Yeah. Less safe, I think, would be nice. Yes. I mean, I still liked it. Just there can be more. There yes. can be more. And she deserves more. She, we all deserve more. Everyone deserves more. Everyone deserves, except straight white men. You yes. don't deserve you, anything. You've had enough. Exactly. Yeah. Straight white men oh. runs through September 9th, and tickets are $69 all the way to $149. And that, which show would you see again? Neither. None of them? None oh, of I them. said neither. Yeah, none, none of, of them. them. None know? of them. No, this wow. is the this is the first time since we've been doing this where I'm like, you know what? Do I have to pick? No, we don't. Ha- I don't have to pick one, right? You, you don't have yeah. to pick. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it wasn't that bad. No, they were not bad, but I was just like indifferent, I guess, to all of them. Not even the music, and I would, I would see the musical again because I have seen it. It's the second time I've seen Twelfth Night the musical, and I and. I and I adore it. It's a lovely time. Oh, and one more thing, and we have to say uh, when we saw Twelfth Night, uh, Nikki M. James plays Viola normally, but Kim Blanc played Viola in the production that we saw. She was fabulous. She was fabulous. Yes. I wish more people would cast her in full length musicals. She, I love the, I love the tenor of her voice. Yes, she was wonderful. Cast yes. her and everything. Cast her and everything. And I saw Nikki M. James do it like two years ago, and she was lovely as well. She's so good. Oh, yeah, maybe so good. okay. Since you're tricking me into this, maybe I would see Twelfth Night again with Nikki M. James. See, booyah! Because I love her. Okay, may, yeah, mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. We got, but you know, the public has to let us know ahead of time she, if she's there. Okay, so. But you know what? That was a, Kim Block was amazing. So she good was on great. you. Yes. Two great leading ladies doing the thing. Yes. Next up, we talk to Will Rowland and Jason Tam, the stars of Be More Jill by the Joes, Joe Iconis and Joe Trask. <laughs> and then after that, we talk to Joe Iconis. But first, a listen at one of the songs from Be More Chill. Enjoy. We are here with Jason Tam and Will Rowland of Be More Chill. So, guys, uh, just to get started, who do you play in the show? Um, I play Jeremy here, uh, who is our uh, our, our uh, unlikely leading man. He is uh, a high school junior who is uh, in all ways unremarkable. Uh, he's not very special. He's uh, not very well liked. He has one friend at school, his friend Michael. Um, and early on in our play, uh, Jeremy discovers uh, this thing called a squip. That's which me. is a which is played by Jason, uh, who is a <laughs> a squid, a super quantum unit Intel processor, and it's in a pill form. And you take it with Mountain Dew. Don't know why it's just something about the Mountain Dew, and it implants itself in your brain. And I play sort of a visual representation of that supercomputer that kind of helps coach Jeremy on how to be more chill, how to get popular, how to get things that he wants, um, and how to how to interact with people that he otherwise wouldn't know how to interact with. So we stole this question from the lobby because it's a really good question. Because <laughs> in the show, Will's character, Jeremy, says, says to his script, Oh my God, you're Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So who would your script be in real life? I feel like it changes every day. At one point, my script was Daniel Day Kim, and I felt really mm. strongly about that. Um, and then and then another day, it was like kind of rainy. And then my script was like Maggie Smith, <laughs> like as um, Wendy in the movie Hook. Um <laughs> It's just, it's always, it's morphing. What about you? I wrote, uh, my post-it in the lobby says Jerry Orbach, um, but I also in the past have said that Kermit the Frog would be my squib. Oh, yeah. It's good um, just, just yesterday, I, uh, my girlfriend reminded me that uh, I have said in the past that uh, Ruby Manger would be my squib, who is a character played by Julia Madison uh, in her, uh, her solo show. As Ruby Manche, oh, cool. who is this sort of like this grand dame of the theater, <laughs> who's an amalgam of many different ladies, um, and she's like she's got a lot of quotables that I use daily. <laughs> that actually like makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Okay. 
So on a scale from Jeremy to Squid, how chill are you? I'm very not chill. <laughs> Me neither. Like, not even a little bit. So uh, this is all acting and pretending um, and mimicry. And it's a lot of fun because I am so not chill in life that it's, like, really fun to get to pretend to be chill and maybe have some of that rub off on me in real life. I, uh, I, I'm a person who projects a very calm, cool veneer. Uh, on the inside, I'm uh, constantly freaking out. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's fun to get to overtly freak out for two and a half hours every night. Yeah. Um, and then find some sort of, you know, calm and peace by the end. Uh, I, I find on days where we rehearse, like, the top sections of the show, I leave rehearsal like, like my shoulders are hunched over and I feel bad. Uh, but when we run the whole show, I leave like, my life is great. Everything's good. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> it has a real effect on me in that way. Yeah. So the show helps you be more chill. Yeah. yeah. It's therapeutic yeah. In, a, in a sense. When it goes well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who were you guys in high school? What table in the cafeteria were you sitting at? I, I was like very much a drifter. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I had like a pretty, uh, like a, I had like a good high school experience. It was not a, I, I, I was a very sort of like, uh, uh, charismatic, uh, sort of well-liked individual. I, I, at my school sort of like doing theater or, or, or being, uh, you know, I was sort of in a lot of like honors classes and things like that. Those were all things that like people liked, like everyone would come to the shows and like when you would lead in the show, like that was a cool thing. And so I would like host pep rallies and like, you know, all sorts of like assemblies and functions and things like that. Um. And I just, uh, I, I definitely, like, when I started high school, was, like, a little bit less uh, kind than I was by my senior year. I think part of my journey over those couple of years was to uh, check my ego a little bit. Were you um, a bully? I was a bully. <gasps> oh, yeah, no, I was absolutely a bully. Yeah, I was, like, I was like mean. I was a bully, um, but, like, in, like, maybe second or third grade. And I was, that ended real quick. I was a bully, like, sixth through eighth grade. And really? then it ended in, like, eighth, ninth yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. What about you in high school, Jason? Uh, me in high school, I, well, I hung out most... I was kind of a drifter as well, but I hung mm-hmm. out mostly with the, like, alternative crew, the skaters and, like, <laughs> the smokers. I didn't smoke. I've, I've, I've smoked one cigarette in my entire life, and it was for a short film. Um, for the teens out there. Yes, yes. Smoke. I don't smoke. <laughs> don't smoke. It's bad. No, truly. Um, but... I just loved hanging out with the smokers. I would, like, <laughs> sneak off campus with them and just, like, hang out. I still like hanging out with the smokers. I do, too. I'm, like, uh, if I'm ever on, like, a regional gig, you'll find me at intermission, like, out with the crew, like, in the wherever we all go smoke. Yeah. And I, I don't smoke, but I, I it's a good place to I be. I love the idea of it. And I love escaping. Um, but, uh, but I was sort of a drifter as well. I hung out with the theater crowd. And then also, um, uh, at the time, uh, the best theater program was at a public school in Hawaii called Castle High School. And so I, I went to Punahou High School, but I would spend like almost all of my time after school at Castle High School. So I was like super close with the theater and dance people there. Uh, wait, so neither of you were theater, musical theater? Oh, yeah, no, in high did, school? did a okay. ton of theater. Okay. But it was like, uh, it was like very much a, like... There were only, I went to a very small high school, there were only like 80 or 90 kids in a grade. So like when we did Les Mis, and there were like 70 people in the cast, like it represented like a fair portion of the high school. Um, you know, like one, you know, one in four, one in five kids was in the play um, <laughs> when we would do a big popular play, and so, uh, so like that, it wasn't like uh, the idea of like, oh, like the theater kids in the corner was not really like how it existed in our <laughs> ecosystem. Um, it was much more, you know, a lot of kids took theater. Um, you know, like there, there was a sort of large portion of the population enrolled in theater classes, and it wasn't such a sort of niche thing. But I did spend a lot of my time in the theater. Same, yeah. Well, you're so great at playing teenagers. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder, do you have any famous teenager that you would love to play on stage at some point? Famous teenager I would love to play on the stage. If I'm being entirely honest, I would love for Jeremy here to be the last teenager I play, maybe. (laughs) Um, I am uh, uh, quite quite nearly 30 years old, uh, and I have played a lot of teenagers in my life. And uh, I would love to start playing a grown-up at some point. Um, uh, but I, uh, I, I mean, you know, if they ever did like a Ferris Bueller musical, like I'd, I'd love to like, you know, slip that one in there, uh, as one last hurrah, but, um, but no, I, I mean, I've played some, uh, I've played some great teenagers, some, some young men that I've come to love and, and my biggest sort of takeaway from all that is, uh, I think that our, we as adults 
can sometimes be uh, reductive of the teenage experience uh, because we have some sort of distance from it. Um, I, I am a, a firm believer in uh, teenagers are just adults who have had uh, fewer life experiences than older people only because of time. Uh, you know, so people ask me like, "What's different?" I'm like, "I don't know, like my posture." And, but, but like beyond that, there's not a there's not a huge difference of playing a teenager versus playing an adult. Right. Uh, so, Jason, you you did Jesus Christ Superstar and you did K-pop, uh-huh. and I feel like this is a great time for Asian American representation, diversity, and musical theater. Yeah. And so, like, well, what's your what's been your takeaway from like this great season you've been having? My takeaway, I'm I'm intensely grateful to be a part of this season right now and to be a uh, be able to uh, be playing the um, the uh, this of roles that I'm playing. What is mm-hmm. that? What, what's the word Stretch. that I'm looking for? This, this, yeah, this type, yeah, this, yeah uh, the range, the range of roles range. that have been um, available to somebody that lives in this body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm just intensely grateful and so excited to see what comes next, both for me personally and also like as a community. Uh, uh, you know, within the Asian American entertainment industry and also in the entertainment industry as a whole. It's very exciting. Yeah. K-pop, the album? <laughs> I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it to happen so bad, but we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you, guys, and congratulations Thank you. on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, Joe, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Joe, what's the musical that made you first fall in love with musicals? The musical that made me first fall in love with musicals was Little Shop of Horrors, and it was the first musical that I ever saw. I saw it as uh, it was a gift for my uh, sixth birthday. Uh, I saw it on September 27th, 1987, and it literally like changed my life. It, it made me immediately love uh, all things musical theater. So I think that anyone who knows your career and probably who knows you in, in, you know, in life knows that you are obsessed with Sondheim and Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we are going to have you play a little game with us. Oh, no. <laughs> but there's a special prize involved. Okay. So I'm going to read you uh, lyrics from a song, and you have to tell me if they're Sondheim or Muppets. Great. And if you get two out of three, mm-hmm. you get a special prize. Amazing. So, are you ready? Um, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine my whole life is preparing me for this very moment. <laughs> so, That's like a lead up to Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So I will be singing, so I'll just read you the first lyric. Mm-hmm. I can dance a tango. I can read Greek easy. I can slay a dragon any old week easy. Is that Sondheim or Muppet song? That is Sondheim. Correct. No pause there. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Stevie. Yeah. And <laughs> now for a real question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Be More Chill is like very sci-fi-ish, and mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't know that going in that it's going to be a sci-fi teen musical. Right, right. And, so, and that's not, that's rare, I think, on on in musical theater land. So what have mm-hmm. been the challenges in like playing with this genre? Yeah, um, I mean, for you know, for me, it's uh, it's been exciting to play in the genre. You know, and I love that the idea of like a sci-fi teen musical is not something that um, that uh, you know you can look to examples of in like the canon of musical theater, right? Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love the idea that it, that people like go into the show and it's a little bit like, what am I supposed to expect? You know, that's like a <laughs> thrilling thing to me. Um, and so uh, I, I'm so inspired by uh, by movies. You know, I'm so inspired mm-hmm. by uh, by film and um, and the sort of sci-fi references in the show. You know, they skew like older, like sort of fifties, like monster movies, and then they're like yeah. you know eighties, like uh, John Carpenter movies and uh, like sci-fi horror stuff. And so for me, it's been like really uh, super exciting to to use those like genre elements in talking about these like huge issues that um you know that people go through like you know anxiety and depression and all that sort of stuff um and it's just yeah it's been about like finding the balance you know and like not tipping too far into like full-blown you know sci-fi madness uh or you know tipping too far into teen angst sort of like finding that that middle ground you know 
ready for the second mission? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. A world of skies that's bursting with surprise to open up your eyes for joy. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's Muppets. Incorrect. No, really? What is that? Let's take me to the world. Oh my, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> no! You think we're gonna make yeah. it easy for you. I really am. <laughs> take me, okay. Yeah. You yeah. get one more chance for the special prize. I'm horrified. <laughs> horrified of myself. <laughs> I knew anyone can whistle. Yeah, okay. Alright, fine. <laughs> Be More Chill is known for its rabid teenage fan base. Mm-hmm. And so, in creating the show, what has it made you learn about talking to teenagers and relating to, you know, the next generation? Um, it's made me realize that teenagers today are a lot different than teenagers when I was a teenager. I've been continually amazed at how uh, articulate and open and um, and uh, smart these teenagers are. Uh, are who I have gotten the chance to encounter because of the show. You know, when we initially did the show, um, it was hard to it was hard to convince anyone, uh, meaning like you know, adult fancy theater people, that the show <laughs> was anything more than like a goofy teen comedy. You know, I would say like this stuff, like oh, it's about like these big issues, and Michael in the bathroom is like a musical panic attack, and. And everyone would just kind of be like, mm-hmm, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. That's not serious. <laughs> right, 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 right. You're silly, you know, goofy comedy. Uh, and so it was really young people who saw this show and immediately like, were, were like, oh, yeah, this is really real. And this is about, you know, this and this is about this and this. And they, like, related to it so strongly. Um, and so, and that has, like, sort of infected the general perception of the show. And so that's, um, it's just, it's amazing to me that it, that's, you know, literally uh, the, the, the youth has, has done that. And sort of like opened up the eyes of of the older generation to look a little deeper and be like, oh, this is what the show is actually about, you know. But I just I can't. I was like a super shy kid. I was very uncomfortable, uh, you know, my own my own skin. And like the way that these kids will come up to me and just talk to me about like this stuff that's so personal um, and make such like smart connections. Uh, 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 between their own lives and what's going on in the show, it just blows my mind, you know. And um, it's really, it's really amazing. It, it, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of um, daunting, you know. When I'm in mm-hmm. conversations with them, I want to like live up to, to whatever they, uh, they have in their mind. You know, the creator of this thing they like is, is going to say. So yeah. Yeah. How good are you at Snapchat now? <laughs> Snapchat is the one that I can't do. I've gotten very good. At uh, you know, like Instagram and Twitter, like I'm fairly like you know social media literate, but Snapchat I just can't like I can't make the the jump into Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess some of those teen fans to teach you how to do it. I know, I know. I mean, that feels like it's it's asking for like a little bit of trouble to just be like, <laughs> hey, teenagers, will you teach me how to Snapchat? I feel like then that's when I become like you know, I, that's when I start getting like like things written about me on message boards. But I'll you know I'll just Google it. I'll Google how to how to Snapchat for adults. <laughs> I'm going to start there. It seems safer. Awesome. So, make the teenagers proud, because this one's for the game show. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. ready. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. Muppets? Ding, 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 ding. You are our winner. Yay! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was so upset about the taking of the world. That's really embarrassing. It's going to haunt you for the rest of the day. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And for your prize, we have a special American Theater Magazine publisher tote bag. Whoa! And the stuff inside, it's from Japan. Yes! Where's my prize? Here's my prize! Sondheim reference. Oh, cool! It's it's Japanese candy. Japanese candy. Because we couldn't find a squip. Mm-hmm. So we thought this was, you know. You know, when you can't find a script, cool <laughs> Japanese watermelon gummy candy is the second best thing. Thank you, guys. <laughs> cool bag, too. That's also, it's very, like, I love play rehearsal. Yes. Like, Sweet. And if the character carries that in the show, that would mm-hmm. be so nice. Okay. But don't I'll have to. I'll see don't what I can to. do. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the final question is, it's kind of like a, this is also kind of a serious one, because... Mm-hmm. We read that up to a couple of years ago, you still had you, you still had a day job as a graphic designer, mm-hmm. and is that still the case? One and mm-hmm. also, like, how can the theater industry better support composers? 
Um, as far as how the theater industry can better support composers, I think, uh, you know, just doing our shows, like actually uh, paying us to make theater, uh, which I know is easier said than done, but uh, I mean, that's the, you know, the sort of simplest answer. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really doing graphic design work right now. Uh, which is cool, but uh, I definitely, I'm, I'm definitely not like kicking up my heels and like living in a lap of luxury. It's, uh, it's still like it's still quite a, a hustle, you know. And that's something that's mm-hmm. so hard for people to understand. People, you know, see the show happening um, in this like very sparkly off Broadway run, and they see, you know, all of these fans, and everyone naturally um, assumes that that equals. Uh, dollar signs which mm-hmm. uh, it just it literally does not you know and the even like the Be More Chill album you know we're, we've been streamed I think it's now like 150 million times wow. um, and I have not um, you know I haven't like gotten any money from that album hopefully one day I will hopefully I will but mm-hmm. I, I haven't yet and so um, and this is you know a year after this thing has gone viral and it's all amazing and it's you know because of the album we're, we're here uh, but it doesn't, uh, it's, it, you know, when you have to, like, pay your rent, that, you know, no one wants to hear, like, but I have 150 million streams on Spotify. <laughs> uh, so it's a really wild thing, you yeah. know. Um, so still uh, still struggling, getting closer to just being able to, like, breathe easy. Right. But, you know, I haven't resorted to uh, pickpocketing yet. <laughs> that always was my thing, where I felt like if I, you know, if this show runs... And I'm not, like, bringing in the money that I really need uh, to live. Um, if the show's popular, I can just sort of, like, scamper up and down the aisles and just, you know, like, pilfer from people, like an old-school, like, Gangs of New York-style thief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't I haven't had to do that yet. But the run is two months, so anything's possible. <laughs> I don't know. If it gets extended, you never know. <laughs> yeah, like, then, you know what? Y'all owe me. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, guys. Yeah. This is awesome. It was so much fun hanging out with those guys. And we almost ruined Joe Iconis for musical theater fans, but we didn't. No, we didn't. And he has candy. Now he has candy and a tote bag. Good for him. Yes. And remember, if you want to see this, go to our YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. subscribe, or go to the American Theater page on Facebook or americantheater.org to watch us interview these people. And today, for our 11 o'clock number, we it's also going to be a Be More Chill-themed 11 o'clock number, Michael in the Bathroom style. No, because it's a happy one. <laughs> Jose and I saw Be More Chill the other week on a Sunday night mm-hmm. in a crowd of thousands. Sorry, that's another mm. musical about teenagers. In a crowd filled with teenagers. Like 60% screaming teenagers and then afterwards they stood they leapt to their feet and applauded and then they all ran to the stage door they flooded they flooded the stage door and it was amazing i the thing is I, i hope no one on that team is offended when i say this but their reaction to the show made me think the show was better than it actually was yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. But I mean, also, we're older. We're not old, but we're not, older. Yeah. And we spend so much of our time sitting with really old, really? white people at the theater. And Shushing it, us. I mean, just yesterday, we saw Twelfth Night yesterday, mm-hmm. and the people weren't even done. The ensemble wasn't even done with the last song. And you could see all the white, all white people just like fleeing the theater, yeah. running. Those teenagers at Be More Chill didn't do that. They waited and they were so happy to cheer and to pay, you know, all their respect to this people who had put on this like fantastic high energy show. Mm-hmm. Why can't old white people also do this? Stay in your seats. And if you enjoy the show, just get off your feet and applaud. Yeah. Or if you enjoy the show, doing the show, like, applaud, too. Cheer. Like, have some energy. And and what I I want is, like, it's not like I want teenagers, 60% teenagers, like, like, you know, a checkoff show, though that would make it a lot more fun. (laughs) But I would like 
like a younger audience. You know, it's so rare to actually be in the audience where we're the oldest people there, aside from the teenagers' parents. Right. And like, how can how can theater be better about appealing, about being cool, and uh, and appealing to to the younger set? Because that's the next generation of theater goers. You know, it's people, it's millennials like me and Jose, and it's the the Gen Zers or whatever it is that they're called now. And it was also so wonderful because it wasn't only white teenagers either. It was like so diverse,、mm-hmm. and it just made my heart just like you know like. Overflow with joy because I saw, like, little teenage boys. Okay, that they're not little; they're teenagers. But anyway, they're like teenage. <laughs> they're little to to us. Come、yeah. on now, we're old. <laughs> we're、uh, old. Just like you know, like boys, just like holding some another boy's hand, and like girls, just like with their arms around each other. And I think it was by far like the most, the most welcoming. Beautiful, like audience that I think I've ever sat in 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 New York. It was just, it just made me、yeah. so happy. Yeah, same.、Uh, well, I really I, and I saw like a lot of young Asian girls in the audience, and it made me so happy because on stage the love interest was also a young Asian girl.、Uh, act, the actor's name Steph, Stephanie Sue, and she plays like this kind of neurotic. You know, nerdy. nerdy girl who loves theaters, and she and so she like she's a very atypical type to be a love interest, and I'm so happy that all of these young girls would get to see someone who looks like them, who's you know desired not because she's a fetish, but because like she's just an awesome person to be around. That's great. More more inspirational stuff like that, please. Bravo to the Joes. Yes, bravo to Joes and everyone that cast and the Be More Chill team. And teenagers, if you're listening to this, which we hope you are, because we're we're cool. Yeah, ish, right? We're cool. We're not square. Yeah, we, we can be chill sometimes. <laughs> people, I don't know what people say nowadays. We Snapchat. Do we Snapchat? No, we do not we know. Snapchat. We Instagram story. Yeah, and we have tattoos. I don't. Well, anyway, but teenagers, if you're listening to this, or parents of teenagers, if you're listening to this, send your teenagers to the theater and go see Be More Chill because it's really、yeah. fantastic and. Or go see any theater. Take、yeah. them to all the theater because you got to infiltrate. But I, I, I feel that Be More Chill is like a great sh- like first show、starter、for it. Show? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Top Night could be a, fir- a good starter show too. And it's free, and it's free. Yeah, like any musical, I think any inclusive musical. Yay、um, for young people at the theater! Yay! Yay! We love young people. And that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Go check out some theater. You know, the summer season's winding down, and that's going to be your last time to see theater outside. So go do that. And as always, subscribe to us on the iTunes. Give, send us a review, rate us, please.、Uh, and if you want to watch us talk about things, subscribe to us on YouTube at the Token Theater Friends.、Uh, anything else, Jose? Want to say bye to people? Bye, people. I'm off to see Beyonce, but yeah, the Beyonce, not、yeah. Chekhov's Beyonce, <laughs> the Beyonce. Bye. Bye.